Welcome to the New Zealand Initiatives podcast. I'm Oliver Hartwig and I'm joined today by our senior fellow, Dr. David Law. Welcome, David. Thank you, Oliver. We want to talk about unemployment insurance. Unemployment insurance was one of the announcements in the budget. The government said it's looking into such a scheme for New Zealand, but I think very few people still understand what it is. Can you Tell us a bit more. What does the government mean by that? Well, I can tell you a little bit more, but uh, details so far are pretty thin. So what we've been told is that there's work underway to develop an unemployment insurance scheme, a little bit like ACC. So initial indications are that it could perhaps uh, provide 80% of a person's past wages if they were to become unemployed, and that would be for a limited time. We don't know how long. Payments would be capped, and it might possibly be tied to some sort of education and training in some way. So just to clarify, we already have, of course, an unemployment benefit. That's the job seeker support. But this scheme is different. How is it different? That's right. So I think, well, in practice, I think what it would mean is that we would actually have a two-tier unemployment benefit system. The first tier would be relatively generous. It would be this unemployment insurance scheme. And you have to qualify for it. You would have to qualify for it. We don't know how to qualify exactly, but it would be based on your past employment. So you probably Um, have to contribute for a few years and pay into the scheme before you actually get something Um, out of it. Perhaps that's often a, a requirement in other countries. And, you know, time limited. So once the time runs out... Um, that's the end of that. And we don't know the time limit yet, do we? uh, No, 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 we don't know any of these kind of details. So then there would be the second tier, which would probably be basically job seeker support as it is now, which would uh, still cover people who hadn't qualified through their employment or who had previously, but their time on this more uh, generous scheme had run out. And, And correct me if I'm wrong, I think there are a few discussion documents out already from MB and they highlight some possibilities at least within the scheme. So they say between, I think, three months, six months, 12 months, probably for the benefit that you might receive. Yeah, I've seen those as well. And I think uh, that probably canvases the options that they were first costing. Uh, in, in other countries, though, they can go for much longer than this. So longer? Okay. Uh, much, much longer. In Belgium, for example, I oh, think okay. they, they're actually no real limit. So th- there's a huge variation of how they can be designed. But... The 80% level that's being discussed in New Zealand, that is quite generous by international standards, right? As as far as I understand it is, yes. Right. How did we get to this position? Considering that we already have basic job seeker support scheme, which is relatively targeted, what led the government towards uh, an unemployment insurance policy scheme? Well, I guess what has been happening is, you know, we've gone through this big uh, shock thanks to COVID-19, uh, and we've had, you know, concerns about how high unemployment might get. Remember, uh, at the early stages of the crisis, we were actually thinking maybe unemployment in New Zealand might have been around 9 or 10%. Mm. Uh, and we sort of MacGyvered a, um, a way out of that with the wage subsidy scheme so that it didn't get to that point. We tried to keep people in work in the, in the first place. But, of course, that scheme was very costly. It, to my mind, it's reasonable to be considering like whether or not our settings are um, doing all that we need them to do and other and other alternatives um, but it but it's not necessarily the case or, or deciding whether a social insurance scheme or an unemployment insurance scheme specifically is a good fit for New Zealand is you know not a straightforward matter at all there's one difference of course between the work on jobs subsidy scheme that we had in COVID 
and this unemployment insurance scheme. Because what we did with the wage subsidy was, of course, pre preserve jobs and keep people in employment, whereas the unemployment insurance, of course, only kicks in once people has, have lost their jobs, right? That's right. And you actually proposed something else at the time last year and said, well, the wage subsidy might be too expensive and not targeted enough, and you had some other ideas at the time. Yeah, well, at the time we discussed uh, a short-time uh, work scheme, I think it was called in, in Germany, which was another way to go about um, preparing for and dealing with uh, economic shocks. So anyway, out of all of this COVID experience last year, now we have this um, unemployment insurance scheme. This could be part of a wider social insurance development, though, you think? Well, potentially. So, um, you know, so social insurance schemes are basically uh, where the government gets involved in insurance markets to help insure people against uh, basically shocks that might have negative financial consequences for them. So unemployment insurance is um, one such shock, but there are, there are, they often expand to include other things like healthcare, for example, and old age pensions. They're usually compulsory. Um, and they can help protect people against negative uh, economic shocks. Um, that, that's fine, but there are um, potentially drawbacks to these kind of schemes as well. What are the drawbacks? Well, there are a couple of main ones, I think, or three really. Um, so the first is around cost. So we've already seen, you mentioned before, some official documents talking about um, the length of time that uh, the benefits might might last. Well, there are also some initial costings for those. And in some cases, the costs of the scheme might have been, say, more than $5 billion a year. We don't actually know the ongoing uh, contributions that would, would be required from workers for that. But as we discussed, you know, these schemes tend to grow over time to include other types of benefit, health care, old age pensions. And what we know is that the average social security contribution tax, which is a taxes that fund these type of schemes in the OECD is actually around 8% of GDP. So that that's quite a big number. They can grow to be quite um, expensive. And that seems to be the experience of European countries, is that right? Well, I think that's right. As I said, uh, probably said to you before, my main experience is on uh, one country I'd worked uh, on at the OECD, Belgium. They had pretty high social security contribution taxes uh, there. So I think that's um, that ten does tend to be more the norm. Let's talk about um, the labour market implications for a moment. New Zealand, I think, has relatively good labour market settings and also relatively good labour market outcomes. How would a social insurance scheme like an unemployment insurance interfere with that? Yeah, well, basically the risk is if it's not designed impeccably well, uh, it can it can generate you know some some uh, or reduce incentives for work, and so. You know, for example, I worked on Belgium at the OECD. I did a special labour market chapter with colleagues and the labour market directorate there. Uh, they had a very generous unemployment insurance scheme and they also had a very inflexible labour market. They had very low levels of labour market participation, particularly among older workers, and they had quite high proportion of their unemployment were long-term unemployed. And um, we were very worried that the unemployment insurance scheme, which as I mentioned was quite generous, uh, actually had something to do with that. I think so, their just replacement... Just to break it down perhaps, if you qualify for an 80% replacement of your last salary when you become unemployed and you have 
the right to get this for the next two or three years, as I think is the case in some European countries. That doesn't make you more employable at the end of that time. Is that the problem? Well, I, I think it's definitely harder for people to get jobs uh, the longer they've been out of the labour market, right? So that's right. And um, I think the replacement rate for Belgium actually in the beginning of their unemployment ins insurance scheme was around 65%. So 80% is, is higher than that for new, that we're considering in New Zealand. So, um, and, and aside from that as well, the costs of these kind of schemes are often shared with uh, firms and businesses. So, um, uh, employers also pay social security contribution taxes, uh, and they can be an impediment to um, to rehiring staff as well. Well, as economists, I think we would say it doesn't really matter who legally has to pay for that, because in the end, it comes out of the same pot, and the employer has to fund it, no matter who legally pays for it and who's legally liable for it. Well, yeah, that, that's right. The, the incidence of tax falls on people depending on. But um, there are certainly, after the crisis, there were certainly many schemes around trying to play with, um, trying to reduce Social Security contribution taxes in order to be able to help get Labour back into jobs. Um, so there is a recognition that these things do affect incentives to work. So if I understand you correctly, you're not saying that social insurance models can't work you say basically they're really difficult to design yeah i think uh, as well as the design aspects around you know how to minimize uh negative labor market consequences from them there are a whole bunch of other design uh issues to to come uh, sort of combat as well so for example um who are these schemes actually going to cover you might think that's a straightforward question but how do you deal with um uh, self-employed people for example or um, people on short-term contracts who might not ever meet the employment tenure requirements to, to get into the scheme so there's questions like that you you need to think about how the best way to fund the scheme whether you want to sort of pay for it as you as you go or sort of pre-fund pre-fund things the objectives of the scheme. So do you want it to have some redistributive elements to it or do you want it to be purely based on the contributions that each individual makes? And, you know, people have different risk profiles for, uh, you know, uh, becoming unemployed or their, uh, let's say we're thinking about a wider scheme that included pensions, for example, or healthcare, the, sh the, the chances that they have a negative health outcome. How do you deal with the different risk profiles or do you not worry about it at all. Uh, so there are all these different difficult issues to, to go through if you want to design a social insurance scheme. So it's quite a complicated, complex issue, but we are fortunate at the initiative to have you on that desk since you've worked on similar issues at the OECD before. And um, this will be one of the research projects you're going to undertake um, this year and certainly over the next few months while we're all discussing the pros and cons of social insurance schemes. So I can only encourage you all or listeners to stay tuned because David is going to write and work and research on this and if you've got any views on this and any hints of things that we should be taking into consideration I can only encourage you all to let us know get in touch get in touch with David and tell us what you think about social insurance as an idea but for now thank you David for telling us more about this um, scheme today and um, certainly look forward to reading your future report thank you Oliver